Welcome to the Plutonomics Podcast with Lori Cammie and Barnaby Levin. The word Plutonomics means the study of wealth. It's our mission to educate, to help clients think about their goals and how they might benefit from working with an advisor to achieve them. But more importantly, it's to make sure our listeners understand both the pros and cons of any issue so they can make informed decisions and increase the odds of finding the right answer for them. You see, it's not who's right or wrong, but knowing there are no disinterested parties or unbiased opinions and that where you sit depends on where you stand. The challenge to making good decisions is to start by questioning one's assumptions and to break free of our prejudices because the truth usually lies somewhere in between. There are always two sides to every issue, both of which have merit. Last week, we began our discussion on farming and farmland and on some of the risks we face to our national security and food supply chain revolving around both. We pointed out how, to an increasing degree, our farmland is being taken over by institutions and other foreign nations, including China, to the point where more than 30% of it is now owned by non-operators who lease it back to the farmers, with, over the past five years alone, nearly 100 million acres changing hands. And along the way, prices have soared. For example, in 1970, an acre of Iowa farmland selling for $419 sells today for $13,812. So the question, as Katie Scarlett O'Hara's father said in Gone with the Wind, is land really the only thing worth working, fighting, and dying for or not? With that in mind, I'll be asking your indulgence today because Laurie will be out for a few weeks and I'll be muddling through as best I can on my own and hope they'll bear with me. While the price of land has risen, the things people grow on it are constantly rising and falling, leading to booms and busts and a need for ongoing government subsidies. So when times are tough, the farms don't go under. This is due to supply and demand, adverse weather conditions, to the cost of labor and equipment. But as a result... Beginning in 2007, smaller, aging farmers began looking for ways to cash out because their children were showing little interest in following in their footsteps. At the same time, REITs, pension funds, and other financial institutions were looking for ways to diversify after the 2008 banking crisis. As a result, ownership has again been transferring from individual farmers who, God bless them, had a sense of stewardship and mission to feed American families to institutions who are making decisions based solely on where they get the best return, from raising corn for ethanol to exporting their crops to places like China, whoever the highest bidder may be. Regarding ethanol, the mandate to replace petroleum-based products with fuel from renewable resources was instituted during the Obama era. Unfortunately, a recent study by the National Academy of Sciences found the changes needed to grow corn, especially given the combustion and processing needed to convert it, made corn-based fuel even more polluting than gas. And while well-intentioned, it's done more harm than good. At the same time, it was diverting valuable land and resources from putting much-needed food on our tables, which would have helped keep the prices we're dealing with today down. So people wonder why I so often say less is more when it comes to government involvement. 
On the other hand, (laughs) as I said in last week's podcast, when it comes to any potential risk that a self-serving institutional investor might pose, that risk can be mitigated through public awareness and pressure on those organizations to do the right thing. But with foreign nations, once they buy our land, there's not much we can do after the fact. And buying farmland is key to any government seeking to stabilize and enhance its own food supply and prices. So them buying land here and then diverting whatever that land produces back home, it makes all the sense in the world for them, but not for us. And that's something we want to emphasize, how important it is, as much as I hate to say it, for our government to, (coughs) yes, get more involved, to protect us in a way that doesn't preclude the right of farmers to sell their land at a profit, but which puts an end to the increasing risk of other countries controlling our food and water supply. In fact, regarding water, we're going to be devoting an entire podcast to it in weeks ahead. But did you know that just two companies own more than 70% of the world's water services market? That would be the French company Suez, through its U.S. subsidiary, United Water, and Vivendi Universal, through its subsidiary, U.S. Filter. Together, With a handful of other French, German, and British companies, they control once public water systems in over 150 countries. So let's step back a moment and look at some of the pros and cons of investing in anything farm-related like we said we do. The truth is, there are quite a few ways for someone to invest, either directly or indirectly. You can purchase land, for example, as people from Bill Gates to Ted Turner and John Malone have done. But this can be costly and therefore prohibitive for most investors. There are several REITs that specialize in buying land and leasing it back to farmers while offering an attractive yield with potential upside, though appreciation over the past 10 years has been negligible and as an asset class, as strange as it might seem, has underperformed the broader market. There are mutual funds and ETFs like the Vanek Agribusiness ETF that invests in everything from John Deere to Archer Daniels and Invesco DB's Agriculture Fund that uses futures to invest in the underlying commodities themselves from soybeans to wheat, coffee, and cattle. But again, from a long-term buy-and-hold perspective, returns in each from 2008 until about a year ago have been modest to mediocre as losses in some industries, crops, or parts of the country offset gains in others and would have tested most people's patience. One could certainly buy individual stocks like we as portfolio managers usually do. Like some of the ones I've already mentioned, from processors like Archer Daniels and Tyson Foods to distributors, including Cisco with an S. Or you could take the pick-and-shovel approach that was once so successful during California's gold rush by focusing on industries serving the farmer, from seed manufacturers like Dow and DuPont to fertilizer companies, from Bungie to Scott's miracle Grow. But in any of these cases, it's crucial to remember the cyclical aspect of their businesses, which again, 
often go through prolonged boom and bust periods. And you must be sure both of your entry and your planned exit points because they will all be subject not only to the ups and downs of the overall economy, but everything in between from, as I said, adverse weather conditions from droughts to floods to insects, from beetles and weevils to locusts. Oh my. In other words, investing in anything related to farming is tough, which is probably why most of the children of farmers aren't all that interested in following in their parents' footsteps anymore, which is a problem because we need them. And the only hope, given our world's dwindling resources of dealing with this reality, will be through innovation in water, in food, and in the technology to make it all possible. So in weeks ahead, Lori and I will be focusing on each as they pertain not just to farming, but to human sustainability in general. In the meantime, thanks so much for listening. Both Lori and I hope you enjoyed what you heard, and if you did, that you'll share it with friends and family so they can enjoy it too. This is Barnaby Levin for the Plutonomics Podcast, signing off. LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth are a group of investment professionals registered with Hightower Securities LLC, member FINRA and SIPC, and with Hightower Advisors LLC, a registered investment advisor with the SEC. Securities are offered through Hightower Securities LLC and advisory services through Hightower Advisors LLC. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities. No investment process is free of risk and there is no guarantee that the process or investment opportunities referenced herein will be profitable. Past performance is not indicative of current or future performance and any investment opportunities referenced may not be suitable for all investors. All data and information referenced are from sources believed to be reliable and any opinions, news, research, analysis, prices, or other information contained in this research is provided as general market commentary. It does not constitute investment advice. Neither LK Wealth and Asset Management, LCK Wealth, or Hightower shall in any way be liable for claims and make no expressed or implied representations or warranties as to the accuracy or completeness of the data or for statements or errors contained in or admissions from the obtained data and information referenced. The data and information are provided as of the date referenced and such data and information are subject to change without notice. This document was created for informational purposes only. The opinions expressed are solely those of LK Wealth and Asset Management and LCK Wealth and do not represent those of Hightower Advisors LLC or any of its affiliates. 